0: You know, it's that time of year on Radio Entrepreneurs, and I guess in America, where we get our state of the union. And, uh, you know, today I think we're going to get the state of the cannabis industry straight straight from not, uh, Chris Tanglia's mouth, COO from Valiant. And this means that this show is totally cannabis. Welcome back.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Absolutely. It is 100% cannabis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what it's all about in your world, isn't it?
1: Yes. Um Definitely, cannabis in the last ten years have taken a turn more than any other industry that we've ever seen before. Um, Any anything, it doesn't matter. You could look at crypto, you could look at um, the the tech boom. Everything kind of did this this huge boom and then fell back off and then kind of leveled off. Cannabis is just a complete roller coaster. There's it takes so long to get one of these facilities up and running. By the time they actually get up and running and everything starts moving, there really hasn't been too much of a boom just yet. We haven't seen.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we don't have a lot of new industries, but we have a lot of uh, economic data on new industries and how they mature and what mm-hmm. happens. But it really started out as an entrepreneurial industry, and now it's becoming more of a big business industry now. But there's also a lot of state regulations, state by state, which must really slow you down. And then I would think the population that wants to buy also is a very specific market. So you're you're dealing with a lot of unique factors,
1: hundred percent unique factors. Um, the, the biggest unique factor that we're dealing with is is it's a state by state regulated industry. So Massachusetts laws are totally different than, than New Jersey, which are totally different than Connecticut. And each one of them have a very specific nuance where they either lock certain people out or make it very easy for certain people to get in or their capital requirements are absolutely huge. Um, as an example, um, one of the, one of the, uh, the states that make the capital requirements very difficult for the barrier of entry to go high is uh, Connecticut. Connecticut has a $3 million minimum just to, just to have an application is $3 million just to get in. It. So it's pretty wild. Um, New Jersey, there's um you, it's a kind of a few different nuances. You have to have, you have to find your property and then you have to apply for it and you might not get your your license or you might not even get approved yet but you have to have your property location so there's a lot of risk that's that's involved with these with they say it's an entrepreneurial business but you there's a lot of risk and a lot of upfront capital it takes um we're actually going to be building the first dispensary in new jersey it's going to be um lady m's dispensary um it's going to be
0: name.
1: yeah it's pretty cool so it's an economic economic client and yeah they got to the front of the line they they went through all of their regulations and everything so
0: you know uh, I'm gonna play a little politics today without taking sides yeah just recently we had a fight between uh, the mayor of New York and the Florida governor the mayor of New York took a shot at Florida at DeSantis DeSantis took a shot at New York that more people were leaving New York than entering and that his state was having more people move there than ever before now Florida still, does not have cannabis, but I would assume that's the promised land.
1: Florida does have cannabis. It has cannabis on a medical side. Right. But And that's, again, a different nuance because you can have as many dispensaries as you want as long as you supply your own product. You can't wholesale. So there's a, a few different nuances on, on that aspect. Each state is wildly different, which makes the clients wildly different as well. Um, as a builder, there's a lot of hurry-ups and waits. There's a lot of hey, we're ready to go, let's get this going. And then there's a few different regulations that might put the brakes on.
0: So, you know, that makes your business a lot different than mine. I mean, I'm I'm in a very unregulated business and I tell that to people all the time. I mean, accountants, lawyers are regulated, architects are regulated, psychologists, psychiatrists are regulated. My industry, sadly, I would say is not regulated. And I think it creates a lot of problems. But for you, your regulations are state by state. And that must be very tough for you to stay on top of that, but also be communicating with the right people in every single state.
1: That um, we have to have a lot more reach into towns to be able to to have the the connections to each different town managers and to figure out who exactly to talk to. Because typically we're applying for building permits and it's, it's more or less the same process throughout the project. This is a little bit more hands on when it comes to dealing with other people in the towns, planning boards, zoning boards, things like that. So it's a whole, whole different ballgame for everybody. Um, from the building industry, we, it's regulated. We have codes. We have everything we have to go by. But cannabis control commissions or whatever the state regulation is for that, that state, they have their own list of codes that they have to follow that, um, for biosecurity, um, washability of surfaces, uh, order mitigation, all the different things that aren't in the traditional building code that need to be taken into account for as well.
0: So now that we have a couple of years of a track record to watch, has the demographics changed of the user and the purchaser of cannabis, or is that really a state by state thing as well?
1: Um in state by state, Massachusetts, we can tell you that the class A flower is the flower that's selling. Um the 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 places that are putting out the the best cannabis, that's the 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 ones that are that are thriving on um, the class A locations as well. So I think the, the demographic came more to the connoisseur of the, the the product rather than just, hey, it's a novelty thing that people are just buying just because it's, it's all of a sudden legal.
0: But, you know, I know with the consumer products, they do a lot of uh, accurate tracking of purchases. And I don't know if the cannabis industry can do that since it doesn't have the same national ability to scope that. But I'm wondering about, you know, millennials, baby boomers who were smoking a lot of marijuana, 50 years ago, coming back, feeling that this is the time to get back in is, you know, has the whole demographic changed as well?
1: They do have that statistic. We can do that probably in the next podcast, but they, every time you walk into a cannabis facility, you have to scan your ID and then it tracks exactly what you purchased, how old you are, what race, male, female, um, whatever the, whatever your, your license says that it is. And then it gives you that demographic of whoever, of whatever the, uh, product you're purchasing, whether it's flower, um, some kind of concentrate or something along those lines. And it'll, it'll they have all that information and all that data. So um, we can definitely get that for you.
0: Well, that's interesting. And I am interested in that as a marketer by training. Uh, <laughs> and let me ask you also, now, now that they're putting these requirements in for people getting into the business, does that help you too to sort of know that when you're building out facilities that you're dealing with a much more solid uh, and long-term clientele for you? <laughs> Um,
1: yes, um, what's nice about some of these the, these facilities like in um, Connecticut, the the client has to be funded first because they have to come up with the, with that upfront capital. If they're not funded, they can't build. And then Connecticut also puts on a minimum square footage that they can build to. So say like Massachusetts, you you, you they have different tiers. They have tier one to 11 and each tier has has as much the, the maximum building size that you can make your flower um, your flowering space, but you can always build less than that in Connecticut. They say it's 15,000 square feet period. That's what you, the minimum that you have to build. So you're looking at millions of dollars to be able to build a cultivation facility at 15,000 square feet of flower. That's more like 25 to 30,000 square feet of, of, of actual building space. It's, um, it's a significant increase and it's basically assuring that the clients that are, that are starting to build are the ones that are actually funded. So it's a little bit more for us. It's more of a secure base for sure.
0: Now, I don't want to take I want to do a little futuring with you and I want you to think I'm ridiculous, but there probably was a time when I thought about uh, the way, you know, drugstores are now opening up in malls. Uh, Do you see a day when we're going to be seeing some of these spinoffs of the places you're building that they're going to have kiosks, retail facings in malls? Absolutely,
1: 100%. They'll definitely be doing that. Um, scan your ID, you get that. And as long as everything is access controlled, um, once the regulations and they realize that where the certain things are, they have kiosks at some of the cannabis dispensaries, just like vending machines. Well, once you get in, you, you're, you have to scan your ID and make sure that you're 21 years old and everything else. But yeah, that'll, that'll definitely happen for sure.
0: So we're really looking towards uh, a very evolving and changing future.
1: One, uh, across the country. Yes. Each one and of these things that goes on every, every state is learning from the other state and they'll, it, it'll be a definitely an evolving culture for sure.
0: And again, i just to pull it back more to today. I hope you don't mind my questions. The way you're building facilities different today than it was two years ago.
1: Yes. the, the technology is different. The, um, the access to the materials is different. Um, for a multitude of different reasons. One, lead times are still out there from COVID, but now owners have a lot more control over what products they can actually use instead of the architects and engineers that have that. Because if you go to MJ BizCon this time and it's literally 10 times the size that it was four years ago. And then it was did that four years ago was 10 times the size that it was 10 years, whenever the, the first one was. And there's the owners finally have a direct line to all the different products. So they're doing a lot of owner supplied materials that they can get at a, at a much um, more economical rate. So our building is definitely, instead of having its full turnkey solution all the time, where a lot of times we have to take into consideration what the owner wants to supply.
0: Really interesting. Just a great industry to be tracking for many reasons and watching. And, you know, I want to go to the national cannabis conventions with the, uh, with valiant and see and be able to sort of track some of that stuff for our listeners and remind everyone we're speaking with chris of valiant this is completely cannabis on radio entrepreneurs chris if someone wants to find you guys how would they do that
1: valiant-america.com is our website there's an info page on there and as always my cell phone number is 617-462-7895 you can always reach me anytime it's always on
0: And if you forgot that, you can always contact us at Radio Entrepreneurs, and we'll point you right back at Chris. Remind everybody, this is Radio Entrepreneurs, and this is Completely Cannabis, sponsored by Valiant.